What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS. Welcome to another Saturday morning shoot-around. Like always, Bird and James are with me. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah, let's get going, baby. That's some good energy out of James. Bird, nice energy as well. I think I think we're off to a good start. That's good. But, uh, Bird, you're a little queasy about this slate, though, right? Uh, yeah, I thought this was a hard slate. I mean, there's a couple things that stand out. Uh, there's a couple values that kind of just scream at you. But overall, I thought it was kind of a kind of a difficult slate. So uh, we'll do our best to kind of grind through it and, and, and talk about what, what kind of pops out to us. But um, yeah, not, not as easy as maybe last week or some of the things we've seen uh, this week. Yeah, not as many uh, smash lock button guys. And in, in fact, when I was writing up the outline for the pod, James, you're not going to like this, but there were five games that I had to put into our don't go overboard section. That's half the slate in the games you probably don't want a lot of. Yeah, it's it's not good. And it, you've got three elite plays that are question marks right now. I'm not even sure if they're going to play at all. Um, so that takes takes away from that top tier, which uh, which kind of stinks. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it really does. If we had a clear definition, we could start talking about pivots and stuff. But uh, you know, it just a lot of those a lot of those guys are truly game time decisions, and we'll get to them when we get to each game. But we are looking at a 20k pull up jumper, just like last Saturday, $15 entry, 5k to first. Speaking of last Saturday, it was a 285.25 score that won it, and 226.5 was the cash line. So, uh, Bird, do you think it'll probably be about the same? I'll take the under this time. I think we thought last week was going to be high scoring and. I think this is a little bit more challenging week, um, so I'll, I'll say under that. I like that. I like that. So now that 4X, 4X seems a little smarter, <laughs> or you can be a little maybe safer in your lineup builds and uh, hunt that cash line down. We got 10 teams on the main slate. Uh, there is a $6 a single entry for those of you single entry players. I know I like to do them both. You know, just nice to have that single bullet out there. That's got a $3,000 prize pool, which is kind of nice. And Bert, have you looked ahead? Are there some qualifiers out there? Yep, we have another attorney uh, mania bracket qualifier uh, that's a $25 entry. And so I think that's the 51st seat that they're giving away out of 64. Uh, so, you know, obviously we're getting close to March. Like it's it's right around the corner. So, th- so that's a great tournament. And then obviously the main $15 entry with $5,000 to first as well. So uh, might as well have a buckethead win that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Before we get into the games, that's definitely coming up next. I did want to call out a couple of things. First, um, Price Picks this week has been awesome. James, you wrote up the intro this morning, 11 and 1 so far this week. Pretty hot. Yeah, it's been incredible. And uh, I think yesterday was pretty adventurous in uh, our picks. And I'm not sure how we all landed (laughs) where we did, but uh, I'm really happy those got home because that was uh, pretty crazy. But uh, feeling really good about what we're doing there. And so we'll see, we'll see how the uh, Friday slate goes, but pretty For good sure. week overall. Yeah. yeah. Taking the three best centers in the game and going under on all three is, is interesting. And bird uh, it's nice to it, really nice. We've gotten some donations from the bucket heads the last couple weeks. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, what do you, what do you got to say about that bird? Yeah, I think that's been awesome. We do have a, a pinned tweet out there that has a link to donate. Uh, and we've had a lot of winners this week. We've had people who have won the main tournament, I think, three different times uh, in, the, in the last week. Uh, like you said, the prize pick stuff has been complete fire. And, and so we're really locked in right now. And, uh, you know, kind of adding to our credibility, Joe, I'm going to give you a little bit of kudos. Uh, you are now officially a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. So congrats on that as well. 
Oh, uh, thank you, buddy. Yeah. Um, so now we can uh, submit for articles of the year in college athletics. So uh, very cool site. Honored to be a member of the FSWA. Um, looking forward to see where this journey takes us. Um, I, as some of you may know, I, I've got a print media background prior to us kicking up this uh, this podcast. And for our young listeners, print media is newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, all right, enough about the enough about the banter, guys. Let's get into these five games that are in the don't go overboard section section. And the first one here is mine, and I want to work through it quickly. It's Mississippi State at Vandy. Uh, I say I want to work through it quickly. It's not without plays, um, but Vandy lost Dylan Daisu, who had really been coming into his own lately. So he's out right now. Um, DK's already marked him down to three K. He's done for the season, and then. Um, we talked about Scotty Pippen Jr. being one of those big questionable tab tags going into the slate. Uh, Nine thousand bucks. He's been dealing with a hip flexor. I don't want any part of Andy. I, I can't even pay the nine K for Scotty uh, if, if even if he's active. Maxwell Evans at five thousand would be the alpha scorer if he misses. Jordan Wright has value at fifty five hundred. And then the last name I'll mention is Miles Stute. Uh, he's 3,700, and he seemed to pick up Daisu's minutes in the game that he missed, so he missed Wednesday's contest. Um, Stude only had 4.5 DK points, but what I did like, and Bird, you'll be a fan of this, he's a forward that went one for six from deep. So he got up six threes, he played 28 minutes, and at 3,700, he could be a, 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 a deep cut. Yeah, super deep cut, and, and I agree. Like you said, Maxwell Evans probably going to get up a lot of shots, and Jordan Wright's probably the most maybe the most proven player that's left, especially if Pippen doesn't play. Yeah. One, one sure. thing to note, Mississippi giving up 37% from three, uh, Maxwell Evans, best uh, three point shooter on that team shoots around 40%. So if he does get up a lot of shots, um, good chance that a fair amount of them go in. Yeah. But we're going to temper ex- expectations here. Mississippi state's a, uh, favored by a touchdown the over under is 135 so it's not uh, a super great play but you know one or two wouldn't wouldn't kill anyone uh speaking of and i think i called it mississippi state but speaking of old miss i do like the pricing there uh bird you kind of uh, co-signed on this on the on the pre-show uh when we were talking offline their their pricing is favorable Devonte schuler is clearly their best player he's got a their 29.4% shot share and a 25% usage rate, almost 26%. Uh, he's only 6,200. So in a team that's not a lockdown defense, he could have a very nice day. But even some of the forwards, KJ Buffin and Romello White, are, are priced to play as well. Yeah, I, that, that's what really stood out to me. Schuler's price. I mean, Schuler's had some 50 point games, some 40 point games uh, this season. And, and then, like you said, uh, with the with the bigs down low, you know Vanderbilt's 287th in defensive efficiency. They give up 54% to two point field goals. Um, so you know obviously a bad defense, and and, and they are going to be worse without Disu and and without potentially without Pippen or at least not 100%. Um, so yeah, I do like the old Miss options, Joe. Good reminder that it's only an over under of 135, uh, but I think there's some really nice value and uh, pricing there. Agree. And it's not going to be a popular game. So these are guys who are probably going to be low owned. Uh, that's another positive to put in there. But I, I think we've said enough on this one. Let's move on to the second one in the don't go overboard section. And this one, this one's close to your heart, James. It's Illinois at Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin is a four point favorite. And this has another over under of 135.5. First, uh, tell me about the Q tag. For folks that don't know, he uh, took a pretty hard shot against Michigan State. Um, it's flagrant too, actually. The player got ejected. Um, it 
did something to his face. We're not quite sure. Uh, it broke maybe a, a bone around his nose. Um, we're not really sure, but uh, he's wearing. He's going to be wearing a mask. Um, we don't totally know when he's going to come back, but uh, it, he could suit up for this. Um, there's some some rumor mill out there that he may play. Really big question mark. Really, even if he does play, we're not sure how how many minutes he's going to get. Uh, or how effective he's going to be. So uh, definitely still, something to keep an eye on. And we're still talking about Wisconsin, too. I mean, Io's exactly. awesome. He, he, he's had some big games on the road this year. But uh, at 9,300 in this tempo with the questionable tag, I, personally, I'm not even considering Io. And I, it would almost be better if he didn't play from a DFS standpoint because you could drop down and look at a guy like Curbelo, who darn near had a triple-double. Um, against Nebraska, and I was in Nebraska. He, he, uh, Adam Miller had 18 points in that game. He's 3,800 right now. You can pick him up, and he's those those guys are the future. You know, next year those guys are going to be great. Uh, Kofi, you know, I think is still a pretty good play. He's eight, only 8,000 really. I mean, he's been much higher than that recently. So I, I think those three guys um, you can look at. Maybe a Trent Frazier at 5,100. You know, if he can get hot. But uh, outside of that, and that's really if Io doesn't play. You know, there's really nobody else on the Illinois side that I'm, I'm really considering right now. Awesome. What about the Wisconsin side of this? Um, Dimitri Trice had a really good game uh, against Illinois the first time uh, this season, and it, he, he can have those. So I think he's definitely in play for GPPs at 7,200 right now. Outside of that, you know, Aleem Ford didn't have a great game. He's 4,800, but he's sort of a matchup problem, and he's had nice games against Illinois in the past. Uh, he's that taller kind of four uh, position Illinois tends to have a, a smaller four um, most of the time on the floor with DeMonte Williams. Um, so he, he's not a bad play. And then Brad Davison, you know, the butt of all my jokes this year, uh, <laughs> he, he can get hot. Illinois does give up the three from time to time. So, you know, GPP play, if you want to see if he can, uh, you know, knock a few shots down, maybe a Jonathan Davis at 4,400 uh, is kind of in kind of that wing role. Maybe if IO doesn't play, um, you know, maybe he's somebody that can get off, but other than that, uh, again, don't go overboard for a reason. Bird, anyone you're targeting in this one? No, I think you hit on it. I like that Jonathan Davis has played 30 minutes in back-to-back games. I think he's uh, intriguing at 4,400. Uh, and, and like James said, if if, uh, if Io's out, especially uh, Ace Wolf down at 3,800 for Illinois, I think he's going to get a lot of shots up. Awesome. Let's stay with you, Bird, and t- talk to us a little bit about Texas and Texas Tech. That one's... Uh, Got the Red Raiders three-point favorites, and the over/under creeps up to 136. Yeah, low over/under. Um, they, they did they did play back in the middle of January, and that game went 79-77. Uh, Texas Tech won at Austin, so these teams have scored points against each other. So, I, I, although the you know Vegas knows way more than anyone else, you know that is they have scored points in the past against each other. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Really, you know, Texas is is really about the guards. Matthew Coleman's playing really well right now. Uh, his price did jump up a little bit, so he's probably more of a 4x option. Andrew Jones is really still the the alpha uh, of this offense. He's getting up double-digit shots in, in really almost every game. His price is down 1,000 from earlier this month, so I do like uh, Andrew Jones. And, and then Ramey is really the most volatile of the bunch, um, but I think he's at least, you know, since he's cheaper, uh, I think he's a, a tournament option as well. And, and then down low for Texas, it's it's kind of a timeshare between Greg Brown and, and Jericho Sims and Kai Jones. And so that does limit their ceiling a little bit. Um, Sims did have 16 real points. He took 14 free throws in that first matchup uh, against Texas Tech. So they, they they kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. 
but I think those are really the guys right now. I think those are what the options are. And you, you kind of know what you get with Texas like at, at this point in the season. Yeah, Texas Tech, the most fouling team in the Big 12, uh, 40% uh, free throw attempts for uh, opposing teams, field goal attempts. So uh, they do foul quite a bit. Well, and especially James, so that's that's a great point. You know, with the Texas Tech is very undersized down low, and and, and Texas mm-hmm. keeps bringing at the you know these long athletic forwards, and so it, it does probably lead to fouling, right? Like that's just kind of a natural part of it, just trying to contain some of those guys. Um, and you know, so from the Tech side of things, you know, so Mac McClung had 22 real points. Terrence Shannon also played really really well off the bench the first time these two teams faced each other. Uh, McCullough is actually priced at the highest point, and and really that's because he does a little bit of everything. Where McClung's more scoring dependent, uh, McCuller can really kind of fill up a, a line and hit those peripheral stats. And so I think he's a, a nice 4X option at home. Uh, McClung's probably more of a tournament play just because he is so scoring dependent. And, and then Kyler Edwards, at least his his price has dropped below 6000 So I think that puts him in play in tournaments as well. But he is, you know, sub 20% usage, which hurts a little bit. The last one, you know, Marco Santos Silva got 33 minutes last game which is really typically what holds him back. Uh, he typically only plays 20 to 25 minutes, but if he gets more minutes, he's, he's clearly a 4X option. Um, but I really, I, I like Terrence Shannon. He, he seems like he's healthy. He played 38 minutes last game, so that, that ankle seems to be good to go. He has shown 30K, 30 DK upside throughout the year. He scored 28 DK the first time these two teams played. So at 4,800, he's yeah. probably one of my favorite value options on the slate. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Shannon if you didn't get to him because I, I like that as well. Yeah, I mean, he was he was banged up with that ankle injury and just, you know, kind of had, was hit or miss there for a little bit. But I love seeing that 38 minutes last game. It makes me feel really good that, that he is that's behind him. And and we know that guy can score the basketball. He's a good rebounder, which will be needed against Texas. So so I really do like him at 4,800. Good deal. Yeah, Joe, you wanted to you want to move on to Marquette at UConn? Uh, Marquette, man, coming off a big win in Chapel Hill, James. They went into your neighborhood and just took one away from those Tar Heels. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah, Roy uh, Roy didn't like that one too much, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. He did not. I, I, we won't. Well, I digress. We won't get into his outburst. I I did. I I stand with Roy <laughs> on his response though. Like if he if he knew he was gonna lose, he wouldn't have scheduled him. Well, obviously. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a fun clip if you want to go find it. But Marquette now uh, stays on the road. They're they're up in uh, Connecticut now, taking on James Booknight and the Huskies. Booknight, he's at 7,700. I still like him at that price. Uh, it is worth noting, though, that one of the games he was in this year was the Marquette game in Milwaukee, and the Golden Eagles held him to just 14.3. He had a bad shooting night there. So I'm not saying don't play Booknight, but just be be knowledgeable that uh, he didn't play so well the first time. Maybe you can play the revenge narrative. But it's hard to ignore his 31% usage and his 32% shot share at 7,700. He's one of the best guards in the entire country. I, I will probably have some shares. After that, for the Huskies, RJ Cole at 6,800 is uh, still a little too high. I prefer him in the low sixes. I, I think he's okay. I'm not in love with that. Tyrese Martin is a steady cash play. Um, but outside of that, I, I'm not going to go too crazy. UConn's going to want to slow this game down, uh, and they're a very deep team. So if someone like a Tyler Polly comes in and gets hot, he could get an extended run. Uh, Whaley's solid down low, but Sonogo's really coming on. And at 4,500, he's someone who can, you know, go 5x if he has a really good day. It's just not a fun team to to look for sleeper outliers in because they are pretty balanced and that depth can get a little game flow dependent. 
Uh, on the Marquette side, Dawson Garcia, my guy, um, had 40 DK uh, against North Carolina. He was just awesome with a double-double. One thing to note about him, though, he hasn't had over 30 DK in back-to-back games this year. Super talented player, um, uh, very up and down uh, going on the track record. Uh, I think he's okay for cash at 6600 but I'm not going to fire him up, uh, hoping him to be a pillar of attorney winner. Um, that's just not going to happen. That, that, that's my take on Garcia. DJ Carton at 5,700. He's the usage king for that team. Still has 23% shot share uh, to go with that usage. Uh, I think he's fine. Uh, nothing wrong there. Theo John at 5,100 is at a playable level. A little defensive-minded, so you're looking for rebounds, blocks, and that sort of work. Any offense comes as a bonus. And, Bird, uh, your guy Kobe McEwen's down there at 4,800. Hasn't been in the best form lately, but showed a little bit of life against UNC, and I think you can you can give him a look. Justin Lewis is still out, um, so uh, that does give a bump to Jamal Kane up there at 6,100. But Jamal Kane in the two games without Lewis has one game for 40 and one game for 14. So uh, this over-under is just 135 uh, outside of book night. Maybe Garcia and some more casher safe lineups, little carton. I'm probably not going to have too much exposure here, and I'm definitely not stacking it anyway. Uh, Bird, did you see this any differently? Nope, I think you I think you did really well there. Greg Elliott is playing more minutes lately, which I think is why McEwen maybe is down a little bit in, in production. Um, but yeah, I think you hit on you know carton at 5700 stands out a little bit, and, and Book Knight's always in play. Well, Greg and- Elliott's also not good. <laughs> yeah. So I, just, again, you know, one one thirty five over under here. This is this is not a great game environment from a DFS perspective. So I think you covered it really well. And I'd say let's move on to James in, in another game that really is probably not another great environment. With Michigan as an eight point favorite on the road, with an over under of one thirty eight, Michigan Indiana might be an interesting game. Uh, Indiana struggled a little bit here lately, but uh, you know, and Michigan looks unbeatable. But Bloomington's a weird place, you know, so I, I don't know. Anything can happen. Um, well, this is a, this is an absolute must win for Indiana, too, if they have any tournament hopes. If they want to have any tournament hopes at all, they have to win this game. Yep. So it, I wouldn't be wouldn't be totally shocked if, um, you know, Michigan walked out of there with an L. But got to talk about Hunter Dickinson. Uh, he's at 7,700. Uh, he's been phenomenal. Had a couple 40 DK games uh, in the last four here, both on the road at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, so certainly not easy places to play. Uh, he will have his hands full. Jackson Davis is a really good defensive player. And so I'm I'm not super crazy about Dickinson, to be honest in this. I think he can play him at 7,700. He's not a super high reach, you know, in terms of elite pricing. So I think he's somebody you can take a chance with. Franz Wagner, still a pretty good play, 7,500. He's been pretty solid lately. His price has creeped up a little bit, but... Um, I think you could still take a chance with him and livers. I kind of waiting for him to snap out a little bit, but hasn't really happened yet. 6,700 again on the road, Indiana, pretty good perimeter defense as well. Um, and then Eli Brooks, Mike Smith, those guys, I'm not really too crazy about either. Um, I think they're fine in kind of cash play scenarios, uh, both of them, but, uh, they're not guys that I'm really targeting in GPP. If we flip over the Indiana side, uh, Trey Staxon Davis is probably the only one that I'm Really interested in, but at 9,200, you do have to kind of wonder how effective uh, he can be against this Michigan defense. It's been pretty stifling. Uh, Luca Garza, obviously, was a guy we had in our prize picks as the under. 
he didn't really have a great game. One of the things to note, Michigan doesn't really foul a lot. Trace Jackson Davis likes to get a lot of his points at the foul line. He had, uh, for instance, against Michigan State, he went 12 for 16 from the line. It's a team that likes to foul a lot. Um, so you do have to kind of wonder how, you know, how effective he'll be uh, at that super high price point. But beyond that, there's a lot of question marks there, too. Uh, Franklin has been questionable. He's down to 5,000. He's had some awesome games this year. Kind of take a look at his status. He's a guy they need. Uh, he has to play well if they're going to win. And beyond that, uh, there's really, to be honest, there's really nobody else I'm, I'm super interested in in this game. Michigan's just been outstanding defensively. And so in, if Indiana is going to find a way, it's going to have to come through Jackson Davis, Franklin. But beyond that, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, it would be everything else is a gamble at this point. Yeah, that's sure. my, my note on this one just says, you know, sometimes I think we feel like we have to give a, a you know, a couple plays from every game. And I just, nothing really stood out to me in this game. Like it was, you know, a bunch of kind of just fringe options. No, I, I agree with that. I, there's not, nothing that really inspires me from a DFS standpoint in this one. So why don't we move on to a game that I think uh, the over-under is a little bit low. But, uh, Bird, you mentioned Oklahoma State's playing some pretty good defense. But that's this Oklahoma State at Oklahoma game. Uh, over-under is 139. This is the last one in our don't go overboard section. So, Birdie, what do we got on this one? Uh, yeah, so it is a pace-up game for Oklahoma, which I think is good. But the Cowboys have actually been top 20 this year in defensive efficiency per Ken Palm. So they played better defense than than po- people probably realize. Um, from the Cowboys' side of things, you know, Cade Cunningham obviously is awesome, you know, super good player, super talented. Um, he is turning the ball over just a ton lately, and he's been very hit or miss. So at this price, you know, he doesn't really stand out. I think there's some better options uh, on the slate. But again, you know, super talented, number one pick in the draft most likely and, and so those guys are always viable if you want to put them in your lineup Caleb Boone is at 6400 he is a foul risk but he's shown 5x upside he's actually played really well over the last 30 days or so so I don't mind him at 6400 uh, they have a couple guards that are kind of playing in and out uh, Avery Anderson probably has a higher floor and a lower ceiling while Rondell Walker is more of that kind of boomer bust tournament option uh, Moncrief had some, you know, he showed some massive upside in that late January, early February part of the schedule. Um, but as, as the Cowboys have gotten healthier, his playing time has gone down, which makes him a little bit risky. And then Isaac likely, man, he, he had a foot injury. He has been kind of mm-hmm. banged up for a while, came back and, and just hurt his hand again. Um, so he's been limited in practice this week at 5,100. Holy cow. I mean, you would love to play him at, at that yeah. price, but the ankle, you know, who knows if that's 100%, the, the the hand injury, who knows if that's 100%. Like, there's certainly some injury risk there, but at 5,100, that's it just is an odd odd price to see him at. What about OU? OU didn't know that. <laughs> Elijah Manic, Harkless. Manic is good again? No, he's not. He's bad again. Um, <laughs> but uh, Elijah Harkless, how about this? He has 5X in seven of his last nine games. Wow. That's good. Isn't that crazy? He's playing 30 minutes a game. He's only 5,000. Uh, you know, came from Cal State Northridge. And Did you say 7X? No, he, he's had 5X and 7. 5X and 7, okay. And okay. 7 of his last nine games, which, I mean, who would who would ever guess that, right? So, anyways, I think he's, you know, he's played really well lately. It is a, it is a pace-up game. Um, looking at the top of there for the Sooners, though, Austin Reeves, he's got 30 DK and 5 straight. And I don't think anybody's going to press the button on him at 8,500. So I think he's a, a decent contrarian option, especially in tournaments. I mean, he's shown, you know, 30 DK upside consistently this year. Mo Gibson at 6,000 has 4X in five of his last six. He, he is a little bit scoring dependent. 
um, but he does have some steel upside. Uh, Devion Harmon's kind of, he's still taking some shots, but his ancillary production is way down lately. Um, I think the good thing with these guards is Oklahoma State will turn the ball over a lot. So there is some steel upside there as well. So so I think that's something to look at. And then, Joe, you mentioned Brady Manick. Uh, he came back from the dead there for a little bit, and, and now he's back uh, back in the grave these last two games. So, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, even at 4,600, I just have a hard time pressing the button for a guy who's really, really struggled this year. That 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 does get us out of the don't go overboard section, which I think is, is a blessing. Uh, so let's move into that tread water section, Joe. And I think you got to start it here with Tennessee Auburn, uh, Tennessee yeah. six and a half point favorite on the road over under of 144.5. And, uh, it looks like Sharif Cooper is doubtful, which, which really stinks. Yeah. He's got an ankle without Sharif Cooper, without, uh, Justin Powell, you see shades of the earlier Auburn team this year that was not very good, was not very motivated, um, they're still going to play fast, but it's going to be a lot of me ball, um, which is fine if you have the guy who gets hot. You know, if you have Alan Flanagan at 6,900 and he takes 20 shots, that's OK. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't expect a, a, a real tough fight. I think Tennessee will play some good first half defense and run away with this. I like the six and a half, even though they're on the road. Interesting thing about Tennessee Josiah Jordan's James came back. Uh, he, he's an excellent wing for them. Uh, does a little bit of everything. Has awesome ancillary production. And when he was out, uh, Victor Bailey really stepped up his game uh, at, at one of the scoring guard spots. So uh, Victor Bailey's price came up to six thousand bucks. And when Josiah Jordan James came back, the thought process was one of the guards, because there's a billion on this team, was going to have to take a step back. But the odd man out last game was the center, John Fulkerson. So they played a little more with Pons at the five, um, James at the four, three, Springer at the three, Bailey on the wing. So really, uh, even Vescovi still got 30 minutes, but the minutes that were taken away when Josiah Jordan James returned uh, were all on Fulkerson, who's down there at 5000 bucks. The reason why I say that's interesting is because Auburn's going to play fast and furious. They don't have a lot of beef inside. They have some length, and, and they can turn around some shots. Jalen Williams at 5,600 is a good rebounder and shot blocker. JT Thor's pretty long, and he can alter some shots as well. Uh, but as far as uh, this game flow, now I think this could be a good spot for Tennessee to really stretch out and, and pick up the pace a little bit, especially with the plotting Fulkerson uh, getting a reduction in minutes. So something to keep in mind, uh, as far as just Game pricing from a DraftKings perspective here. Uh, Pons at 5,800. Again, he's going to have more more of an onus on the boards if this is the lineup they decide to stay with. Jaden Springer at 7,300 has been sensational and has seen none of his minutes back off. Uh, Victor Bailey, we talked about his current form being very good. Uh, I like him. Uh, Keon Johnson's 5,000. He's getting 30 minutes. He's got a 27% usage rate when he's on the floor. Uh, and then Vescovi, he's all the way down to 4,500. Hasn't had a big game in a while, but he's someone who is still getting close to 30 minutes per game. I, I like him in this junky Auburn game as well. I think there's plays on Tennessee's, but they're very evenly spread out as from a pricing perspective, and it's going to be hard to pick which one. Uh, Bird, anything uh, I'm overlooking there on the Auburn side? I know I didn't spend a lot of time on them. I don't like the, the mood of that team, uh, but anything that you saw here? Well, yeah, Auburn stunk when Sharif wasn't on the court, so I I, I, I understand where you're coming from there, and I, I really don't like playing against Tennessee's defense either. 
Uh, you know, Cambridge and Johnson under 5K, I, you know, that's not bad. No, uh, they're capable. Yeah, they're okay. And then I do, I do like that Keon Johnson at 5K. I think he does have some tournament appeal as well from the Tennessee side. So, yeah, I think you covered it really well. And, and so I, I think let's just move on to the Syracuse-Georgia Tech game. And, and James, this is one of yours. Georgia Tech, five-point favorite, over-under of 145.5. And, and James, Georgia Tech's defense, 308th in three-point field goal defense. Yeah, that's definitely what you want to look at. Uh, Tech, also one of the worst rebounding teams uh, in the ACC. Now, a lot of times when you are playing Syracuse, you know, you're sort of looking at that, uh, the zone. They tend to tend to give a lot of offensive rebounds up. We'll talk about that in a second. But Tech, pretty bad rebounding team. And Syracuse has some really good rebounding guards. Um, and it starts really with Alan Griffin. Uh, he's been terrific. He's priced at 7900 Also, really good three-point shooter. Uh, Tech giving up 37% from three. So I think you really sort of across the board, Garrier is kind of in that same mold as Griffin. And they're, they're guys that can fill it up, that can produce defensive stats too. There's a game against Boston College where Garrier had four blocks and three steals. It's crazy. Um, keep that in mind if he shows up on price picks. You know, th- those are two guys I think, you know, especially in that kind of 7,000 range would be really nice plays. And also uh, Beheim. He had 29 real points against Notre Dame. I, he's definitely a guy that can go off as well. And when you get beyond that, you know, Dolajai is not a bad play. Pretty steady Eddie lately had 30 DK against Notre Dame. Um, I think he's an option. Uh, might like him a little bit better in cash. Kadari Richmond's guy I've, I've played a couple times this year. Um, he's had a couple nice games, more of a GPP play. But, um, you know, he's a guy if he gets uh, you know closer to 30 minutes in the game, uh, can play pretty well too. And then I think... You know, Gerard is playable. Can't shoot the ball also, uh, but he's pretty unpredictable. Probably not a guy that I'm I'm going to go at even at a, a lower price point of 4900 but, you know, he is an option. Yeah, sure. he profiles well, you know, in mm-hmm. this game, but I think Adari Richards, Richmond's taken some of his minutes, which really yeah, hurts exactly. there. So, so James, uh, on the Georgia Tech side, Moses Wright averaged 25 points and 10 rebounds a game last year versus Syracuse in the two games that he played against him. Yeah, that's he's the guy I have highlighted. I think he's the best offensive rebounder on the team. Uh, he's a guy that they're going to look to try to exploit, find holes in the zone, uh, make things happen. So I, he he's an awesome play. 8,900 is a little stiff, you know, for a guy that, you know, maybe you're not used to seeing on slates a lot. I would find a way to get him into a lineup for sure. What about Michael Biv DeVoe? Yeah, I think the other two guys for sure, Alvarado, DeVoe, you know, they're, they're kind of the three-headed monster for this team. And, you know, DeVoe's a little bit more maybe unpredictable, uh, but he's had some massive games, you know, 43 at Clemson, 43 DK. And uh, Alvarado is a guy that's just been there forever. I don't even know of a, of a time, can't remember a time he wasn't there. Uh, but he's also had some big, you know, several 40 DK games this year. So I think both of those guys, 7,000, 7,600, you know, they're guys you can definitely look at. When you I'm, drop out, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I'm looking at DeVoe uh, two games ago at Miami, 7 of 11 from deep. you got to like that against a, a Syracuse oh, zoning absolutely. team. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think any of those three guys, Wright's probably you know the one that's got maybe a little bit more of the upside just because of his ability to rebound. But I think the other two guys you could certainly take a look at as well. Usher, you know, not really crazy about him, um, mainly because his last name's Usher and, you know... <laughs> That's um, Bird's favorite singer. That's my right. My God, he is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but really, once you once you get beyond that, and this, this has pretty been pretty standard all year long for for Georgia Tech. But there's uh, you know beyond that, there's not really anybody that's is too enticing. You know, for an ACC game, it's nice to see the point total get up there. Uh, I mean, maybe not the sexiest game in this next one I'm going to pivot to isn't all that sexy either. But uh, Notre Dame-Boston College is the first in our dive-in section. That's got an over-under over of 150. Mainly because these two teams are awful on defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's really where, where that comes from, I think. Boston College has just been atrocious this year. They've only got how three wins the entire year. How long has it, it been since BC has been on a slate? Like November? You know, it has been a while. Yeah, you're right. I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, they they don't really show up too often. And they, it, every time I've seen them this year, they've kind of surprised me with the roster because I don't really think about them very often. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about them. I think I think really the two guys that you can really look at there are C.J. Felder. Uh, he's a forward for them, 8,100. He's had some nice games. I think he's definitely more of a GPP play. Uh, he did put up 30 DK uh, against Notre Dame. That was at Notre Dame, so they're at home this time. So he, he's a guy that could exceed that and, and you know hit the value that we're looking for there. Uh, and Stephon Mitchell, who's been there forever also, um, he's had some really nice games this year. His best game actually came against Notre Dame. Uh, he had 45 DK, went 16 and 13, had four blocks. Um, so he profiles really well, a really nice matchup. Heath is... A guard for them. He snapped out at times uh, this year. Had just an okay-ish game, 20 DK. Went 6 of 12, though. So I think not a great shooting night, but he's a guy that 6,400, I think you can look at in GPP. Then really beyond that, you start getting into kind of more gambling territory. Uh, Ashton Langford had some okay-ish games as well, 5X uh, in a couple games not too long ago. Also keep in mind, BC hasn't played very many games this year. <laughs> Um, they've been one of the teams that have been really hit hard uh, with the COVID restrictions. And so they're, when you when you go back and look at the game logs, they, they kind of jump around a little bit. But beyond that, uh, there's really not maybe Langford you take a look at, but really nobody else on the, on the BC side outside of the top three guys or so. When you look at Notre Dame, you obviously have to look at Prentice Hub. He's not been the most consistent player, been a little frustrating at times, I think, for uh, bucket heads, but he did have 42 DK. Had 13 points, 10 assists, uh, five boards, shot the ball really well. So I think he's somebody that you have to at least consider at 7,900. Leshevsky is uh, another guy I think you could think about. He's uh, at 7,400 right now. He's had a couple nice games. He had a 35 DK game, uh, 11 points, 12 boards against Syracuse uh, not too long ago. Another nice game at Georgia Tech. It wasn't the best game, 24 DK at Boston College, but I, I think he's somebody you can look at that's playing maybe a little bit better now than he was back then. And somebody I like quite a bit in this game, actually, uh, is Juwan Durham. He's a guy that can do nothing sometimes, or he's a guy that can completely snap out. Uh, he had 32 DK last time. He's at 7,000 right now, which is a uh, price maybe a little bit higher than he normally is. Uh, but he's somebody you can definitely look at as a really good matchup option. Dane Goodwin. Also another one, 6,800, kind of a wing for them. Again, kind of in that same mold. He'll play all the minutes, uh, but sometimes uh, not very productive. Sometimes he'll take a ton of shots. Sometimes he'll hit a ton of shots, but other times not. Um, but I, I think, again, you know, with the soft uh, Boston College defense, he's somebody you can look at. And then Wirtz and, and Ryan are, you know, really their shooters. And 5,800, 5,200, I think you could take a shot with either one of those guys. It's probably I wouldn't go out and target him, but – if you find yourself, uh, you know, with a hole to fill around that price point, 
uh, I think you can grab either one of those guys and, and take a chance in sure. GPP. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I Bert? think the unique part about this game is you know, second highest over under on the slate, and I don't think anybody's going to play it just because it's it's Notre Dame Boston College and no one no one cares. <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, so you, you might get some low ownership on a, on a game that we do think is going to have a lot of scoring. Uh, I think, James, like you mentioned with Durham, Boston College, 316th in effective field goal percentage on defense mm-hmm. and, and get absolutely toasted inside. I mean, half their team's hurt or, or yeah. is transferred out. So it's a it, it's an interesting game. I, I thought the pricing was probably the most accurate of, of any game on the slate, which I don't know why DraftKings spent all the time on that specific game, but <laughs> right. they did That's it. True. So. Hey, Joe, why don't you get us finished off here? LSU at Arkansas, Arkansas five-point favorites, and just a whopping 161-point over/under. And there's some some plays in here that just scream value. Yeah, there there really are. And I'll be curious for your guys' take on this one as well. But let's start with the visitors, LSU. Um, they are five-point dogs going into Bud Walton Arena. Even in a pandemic, turns out is a really tough place to play. Alabama found that out earlier this week. Arkansas is playing really well right now. Yeah, really. Um, really, really well. Good, good, solid team. A lot of depth, a lot of moving pieces. But LSU, uh, not a deep team, but that's good from a DFS standpoint, especially in a track meet like this. Trenton Watford's their high man at 8,300. He's got back-to-back double-doubles. Uh, I always like Trenton Watford. And I also love Cam Thomas and his 34% shot share as a freshman at 7,100. He's going to get 25 points in this game. It's just a matter of if he picks up some ancillary production to go with that 25 points. But Cam Thomas, lots of upside, uh, great play as well. Javante Smart's been a little quiet lately. He's at 6,900, prices down a bit. Um, he's going to play the whole game just like the other three aforementioned. And another guy who's been down a little bit since coming back is Darius Days, and he's a Normally a tenacious offensive rebounder. I really think uh, Days is going to get back on track one of these games soon. And when he does, it's with a big double-double with a lot of ancillary production, steals and blocks. And he can be a real difference maker. They're going to need him to get back to himself if they want to make a run at the tourney. Um, so look for Days to to regain that form sometime soon. And this Arkansas matchup really doesn't scare me too much. They're not a, a defensive juggernaut by any means, and there's going to be plenty of possessions in this one for opportunity to be there. Overall for LSU, I would rank them Thomas, Watford, Smart, and Days. Uh, LeBlanc at 4,900 is uh, going to be okay, uh, but not getting too much run. Uh, Andre Hyatt we thought was going to be a thing for a couple of games, so his minutes came back down last time out at 3,700. I'm just in the monitoring phase with him. As far as Arkansas goes, Moses Moody is probably the best all-around freshman in the SEC, and that's actually saying a lot with Cam Thomas on the other side. Uh, At 7,800, I love Moses Moody. He can rebound. He can score. He's kind of their alpha on that team. Justin Smith, the IU guy, has been in awesome Hmm. form lately with 5X, 6X, 5X in his last three. Uh, just, yeah, no, he, he's been absolutely terrific. Jalen Tate at 6,300 is uh, the point guard on this team. He's really their cash game piece, real steady, steady player, someone very reliable. I know Musselman likes him a lot and raves about him a, a ton in post-game interviews. Devontae Davis has really increased the playing time lately. I'm not in love with that at 5,300. I'm more of a J.D. Note guy at 46 who uh, shoots the ball whenever he's on the floor, but his minutes have been way down. Um, at the forward spots, Jalen Williams worth a look at 5,000. Little, little out of form, but uh, he's 
in a game that's going to be pacey like this, we're not going to see a lot of Connor Vanover. Uh, his minutes will be way down. So that's more run for Jalen Williams. And of course, Justin Smith should get plenty of run at the forward spots in this one too. But bird from a value perspective, I know you mentioned that opening the segment, but was, what was the value that you saw that really stood out to you? Uh, yeah, just Cam Thomas at 7,100 smart at 6,900. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought those were really great pricing. Uh, LSU scored 92 points the first time these two teams played. You know, that clearly they 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 have upside here. And, and Arkansas, like you mentioned, we love JD Note. Uh, I wish he was playing. I wish his minutes mm-hmm. were more consistent. But he had 36 DK the first time they played LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, Joe, when he gets on that floor, he's gonna he's gonna shoot the basketball. And and this is really a, a kind of matchup he could thrive in. Um, so I think he's intriguing too. And then. Like you said, Watford, he had 23 and 10 the first time they played. I, there, there's a lot of good plays here. But but to me, the Cam Thomas and Javante Smart were the two that really stood out. Yeah, Note just needs the minute. He's got 29% usage. He's got a 30% shot share. And on this Arkansas team where no one else has a usage or a shot share rate over 22.5, he's a guy who wants the ball and wants to do things with the basketball. And he's really that only person who has that mentality on the team. Part of that is the reason why he's not playing that much either. Um, Cause clearly they're a lot better when they're sharing the basketball and it's hard to argue with their current form as a team. Yeah, for sure. James, you seen anything from the statistical side of things? Not really too much. Not, not what we already don't know, right? It's going to be a fast paced game, a lot of scoring. So I, but, you know, overall, I, I think with that one closing it off, that's going to be a fun game. But really, this is, you're right, Bert. This is a tough slate. You know, you got five games in that don't go overboard section. Uh, even the 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 higher paced or higher scoring ACC games aren't sexy games with Houston, Georgia Tech and 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 Notre Dame, Boston College. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're here. We're giving you the content. We only have two of these Saturdays left and then it's almost dance time. Yeah, unbelievable how fast this season has gone by. Um, like, yeah, we're just conference tournaments have begun in some of the smaller conferences. Uh, we'll see, we'll see more, you know, in the in the near future. And so, it's it's the best time of year that we got this taken away from us about 365 days ago last year. So, hey, Bird, uh, uh, I know that we're uh, our focus here is that 11 a.m. slate, but as the Kansas fan, any chance? What what would you give me uh, their chances to take down Baylor tonight tomorrow night at seven? Oh, I mean, they're playing better. I wish they would have uh, closed. They, they really had a good chance to win in, at Texas and, and kind of let them off the hook there. I thought that was a little frustrating, but they're playing better basketball. Um, I, I think it'll be a really good game. Um, and, and Baylor did have that. You know, they had the COVID stretch there, so it's not ideal. I think this is the first time Kansas is going to be a home dog in, mm-hmm. you know, since the Roy Williams era. So it, it, <laughs> wow. it'll be it'll be a, it'll be a fun game. It'll be it'll be good to watch. To be honest, Joe, I don't I don't really have a good feel. Baylor's freaking good, man. They're they're a good yeah. team. But they're like you said, they've had a lot of uh, inconsistencies in that scheduling with them. A lot of breaks, a lot of stops. Yeah, and we've starts. seen that just kill momentum for teams this year, which sucks. It's it's super frustrating, and you know, hopefully we don't see any uh, any issues come March. But I think I uh, think every team has been killed by it except for Michigan, right, James? Yeah, Michigan. They've only they took the bad loss uh, at the barn this year, and otherwise they've. You know, they had the close one with Ohio State. It was a really good game, probably one of the best games of the year so far. Uh, but otherwise, they've they've beat up teams. They beat the crap out of Iowa <laughs> last night. They did. Uh, so they, they're very good. I think they've kind of entered into that top-tier sort of conversation, right, with Gonzaga, Baylor. So pretty pretty wild year. Speaking of beating up, we, and we've completely beaten up prize picks this week. We, we've completely tore apart 
the DK lineups. Like it's been a really hot week for us. Um, I think we should just keep that going for, for the next 30, 35 days or so. Don't you guys think? Sounds great. Next. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's, let's skip Friday though. <laughs> Fridays. <laughs> Fridays are tough, but there's not too many of them. Less. Most of those mid majors are wrapping up this week, aren't they? Yeah. I'm at yeah. sixth right now in the, in the tournament. So nice. Nice. But, that's yeah, that's probably more luck than anything. Hey, James, why don't you take us home, buddy? Come on out to at CBB underscore DFS on Twitter. We've been there for a few years now. Uh, from there, you can actually get to our website at uh, CBB DFS.com. From there, you can get to our podcasts. You can get to our video pods on YouTube. You can also donate. Uh, if you get out to our podcast like this one, make sure to leave a review, subscribe, anything you can do to support us. We love it. Keeps us motivated. Keeps us into it. And uh, we love you guys. Love making money for you guys. So stay with us and stay at it. Let's go win some money. Thanks, Bucketheads. See you next time. Mm-hmm.